Welcome to the Change the World a Little podcast. Conversations that make a difference. I am here today with the amazing Megan Curry, who, um, in the light of our podcast being called Change the World a Little, to me is a huge inspiration. Um, she it's really hard to put into words and labels, and I'd love to chat with you about that in a second, but um, I could imagine you're not the biggest fan of labels. Um, so I'll just list some of the things that she's putting out into the world, and then we'll dive a little bit more into what that means. She's an incredible yoga teacher and inspiration for a lot of people out there. Um, and she's also the founder of Isabel Moon, an ethical clothing brand, with all kinds of other creations on the way, I believe. Um, so welcome, Megan. Thank you. It's an <laughs> honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so let's start really simple. Um, who are you? And what? How do you see yourself? Who are you? Who's Megan Curry? Uh, human. <laughs> <laughs> human being. Um, a woman who to learn. I think mm. I see myself like that very much. My life is really all about that. Mm -hmm. I really feel like I'm just here to learn and um, to follow my urges, <laughs> to let them lead me to more lessons and mm. growth and insights. And that's 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 who I feel I am. Beautiful. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm. Um, so maybe let's start with with um, one of your expressions that you're creating, which is the the pathway of yoga. Um, what were your beginnings of of this journey, of your journey with yoga, and then eventually sharing it with others? The very beginning was when I was thirteen, and I had an enormous amount of anxiety and fear. And um, I was working at a market and I, across from the stall where I was working, there was this man with a big white beard <laughs> and he was selling his meditation tapes and books. And he just, I was so drawn to him because he looked so at peace and I was the opposite. I was just in constant, constant turmoil. And so I would go visit him and kind of like look at his books and talk to him and ask him questions. And um, after a while, he gave me my very first yoga book called Autobiography of a Yogi, hmm. which is this really beautiful, beautiful book. It's very, very, it's thick and quite rich. So at the time it was hard for me to get through, but I would read it little by little. And he also gave me his meditation tapes and book. Um, I guess that was kind of my introduction, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And then my, I, I continued to be drawn to that and to the knowledge of not only yoga, but also Buddhism, mm -hmm. um, like the ancient wisdom tradition. So I would go to, go to the library and like get out as many books as I could and take them home and um, just read and read and read mm -hmm. to absorb that information as much as I could because it assisted me in soothing myself. Mm -hmm. um, and 
then when I was 19, I moved to Costa Rica and Nicaragua. And that's where I, I took my very first yoga class. My first class was an Ashtanga class. And after that class, I remember I didn't have any anxiety for the first time. Um, so I was just like, wow, that was, that was so weird. And I feel so good. <laughs> and then a few years later, I moved to Vancouver and started and found a studio and practice, started a consistent practice. And that mm. was when things started to really change. I started to feel finally steady and like joyous, like a natural mm -hmm. joy. Mm -hmm. I would still get like, um, anxiety attacks and panic attacks. Um, but but they were less. I was more able to to sustain a, a life that was more steady and 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 felt I felt happy. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just kept practicing and practicing and practicing. And then eventually, one of my teachers gave me a scholarship to study. And so I went and I studied <laughs> a little bit. And then I took another training. And he gave me my very first class at his studio, and it was a very popular, busy studio. To and teach. I, to teach, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I took, he basically forced me to teach. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, at, the mo at that time, I didn't, I wanted to, but there was so much fear that was mm -hmm. really stronger than my heart's desire at, at, at those times. It was really hard for me to overcome mm -hmm. my fear, like to face my fear. Mm -hmm. But I did in that moment. I took the class and then about six months later, he offered me another class, but it was a really, really busy class. <laughs> so I, I took that class. And then from there, I just started, I made a promise to myself that I would say yes to all the opportunities. Mm. So I literally did. I said yes to every opportunity, no matter how much it scared me. If it was an opportunity that came my way, then I just said yes. Mm. So that turned into teaching like 20 classes a week. Wow. And some of them at like, six in the morning, some of them at six at night and rode my bicycle all around Vancouver to all the classes and just focused on that, just focused on teaching and, and, um, yeah, that's how it all began. Powerful. Mm. And it's quite beautiful to see that there have been these, these nudges, like how you've been like held throughout the way in the, in the looking back at the steps. Um, so in your own understanding, having, gone through this journey for such a long time that um initial call of peace like that white bearded man across the, the market <laughs> stand um how do you explain that the practice of yoga um and i could imagine other practices it's quite fascinating that you did the studying first before you then you were 19 to do your first class like I think um, that's quite unusual for people to go into the studies first and underneath but in your own understanding What's the essence of that piece? Like, how does it come out through yoga? Through how do you explain that? Mm. In my understanding, through my experience, it's that it creates a balance of the energies in your body, mm -hmm. um, balance of the of your your skeleton, the, a balance balanced action between your muscles. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about creating that balance. And that balance then has a harmonic effect on mm -hmm. your mind. Mm -hmm. It's like it equalizes. Mm -hmm. So it smooths out the ripples in a way. Right. Um, when the two sides or the two halves start to work more in balance, then they, mm -hmm. they, 
they harmonize or they complement mm-hmm. one another. And um, I think that this is ultimately what creates the natural um, sense of peace that mm-hmm. once you know we're once we're feeling in balance and a sense of balance inside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can find that in other ways too. It's not just through um, like a yoga practice or something. Mm-hmm. I think it's different for all of us, but yoga is really designed for that. Yeah. For literally balancing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's the outcome. Right. I think it's, like it's a physical balancing. Physical, mental, mental. emotional, and yeah. spiritual, like all the different mm-hmm. aspects, all the layers, all the bodies, mm-hmm. all of the mm-hmm. tissues, all, right. you know, the different systems of the body. It's designed mm-hmm. to conduct and create this balance. Mm-hmm. So it's an outcome that I was, I, I was about to say that can't be avoided, but I guess, you know, there's different things that in, either increase that balance or enhance that or or don't, you know. Mm-hmm. So key is is breath and really sinking or linking or mm-hmm. marrying awareness with breath. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you do a teeny tiny practice of like, say, five minutes, ten minutes, but that's and you, you absorb all of your presence mm-hmm. as much as you can recruit as fully as possible for that five minutes into mm-hmm. your breath, linking with whatever it is that you're doing. Whether that's in stillness and you're linking the breath with sensations that you're feeling um, and really like merging your breath into your somatic experience Mm -hmm. or you're in movement doing that same thing. The outcome is just so amazing and powerful and mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It blows my mind every every day. (laughs) Just such a beautiful expression in the light of what we just said, right, with any form of anxiety almost being like the the imbalance and then the the blowing of the mind that like bringing the balance back in it resonates so much because that's like my own experience with different forms of practices but just the guiding the mind and just being like let's go here even if it's just five minutes and and the magic that happens that as you said like sure it, it could be pushed against but it's almost unavoidable when we come into that space that something shifts even if it's just subtle yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. So you've touched on that a little bit already, but saying that um, at age 13, there's quite a bit of anxiety in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you feel into your life now, like how would you say it has changed your life? It's given me a space inside to navigate more consciously. Mm-hmm. I say more consciously because I feel like <laughs> as humans... <laughs> And I'll speak for myself as as the human I am. Uh, consciousness flickers off and on and off and on and off and on like a light switch. Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways, like the more we have the practice, the more, the maybe the slower that flick gets or maybe the faster it gets. So it's like, you you know, you you feel like you're more of the time kind of evenly balancing your consciousness um, and therefore able to be conscious of things more often. Mm-hmm. So it has shown me my own strength mm-hmm. and ability and capacity in being able to navigate things that I was terrified of it and just wanted to run from or I thought were really wrong with me. Like, mm-hmm. I thought, oh my gosh, there's something really wrong with me. Really, really wrong. <laughs> and um, 
those belief systems and structures still arise in me. So I'm not saying that I've completely transformed and all of my insecurities are gone or all of my fears are gone or all of my anxiety is gone. Not at all. Um, but now in some ways I embrace it and I embrace those aspects, but also allow them to add a richness to my life mm-hmm. and a richness to how I see other humans as mm-hmm. well. You know, like I, I think I feel so humbled in that I'm accepting parts of myself that I, I wanted to throw away before. And that humility um, allows me to see this reality in a way that I think is more clear mm-hmm. and more here. <laughs> like it's just if we're all so dynamically um, woven with different aspects of things that are you know, wonderful and easy and beautiful and things that are like hard and, and have like a, you know, sticky texture mm-hmm. and, and embracing our imperfections, mm-hmm. I think allows us to be more powerful mm-hmm. and then we can create and move and, and uh, relate and um, express from that place. And so I would say that, and this has been like slowly, slowly over time, I think the yoga practice erodes away different things and brings up different things and this year in a way I've had more things come up than I feel like I ever have but I think I say that every year (laughs) but um I I just think that the what it has given me so many things really Mm -hmm. actually there's so many more things like the one of the most profound things is um to to let go and let myself be taken on a ride Mm-hmm. with my body and the breath mm-hmm. and the forces I feel like the forces around me when I connect to nature and mm-hmm. I connect to the, the wind of the breath and mm-hmm. to the spontaneous nature of, of creative universe mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and where I've been taken in my body yeah. into you know yes the physical shapes but even more than that what's you know spontaneously happening with my breath mm-hmm. or like um, inner locks, mm-hmm. the, the inner conduction of energy within my body that I feel sometimes when I practice. And, um, and that leads me to, always leads me to just like a, like a, an inner sense of awe, like, whoa, mm-hmm. what's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, life is so beautiful and yeah. so magical. And there's so much, um, that we don't know. And, when we can trust, we can be taken somewhere and that somewhere can be somewhere new, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere that we haven't previously experienced or explored. And I think to trust that, to trust in our um, our individual ride and with collaborating with life and however you experience life mm-hmm. or the universe or whatever you're connected to, that opens up something that is, there's no words for in, yeah. in my experience so yeah the practice has taken me many 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 places like I'm I feel humbled yeah I still have uh, an ego and I'm defensive sometimes I'm not always humble <laughs> you're still human I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> like bitchy days you know yeah. whatever yeah. um but I do feel humbled and more spacious and mm-hmm. str- stronger inside yeah. to realize and know I can I can navigate and there's wealth in my faults and or yeah. imperfections. 
that are necessary and important mm -hmm. and also uh, amazed by the, the spontaneous things that feel like they're being channeled through mm -hmm. um, in my personal practice yeah. and practicing yeah. on my own on the deck. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, there's there's two things that really stand out. Thank you. Um, with the practice being like a tool, you know, it's not, oh, all my problems are gone and I'm never triggered and I, I never get upset, but um, there being a place to go to that, that in a way feels safe. And then the other, the other piece of that exploration where with my own experience of any forms of anxiety or fears where it feels overwhelming that, that the world is, out of control in a way it's doing all these things and there's all these things happening in my life and I'm like oh my god this is all too much and then there's this area where suddenly the trusting and the letting go of control is like it's a joyful journey and it's it's um it's so comfortable because if we do it regularly there's like it's almost like a mini a mini version of that and and I feel for myself that the more I've I put myself into that mini version, the more it then transpires into the bigger version of like, wait a second, I think I can maybe trust this a little bit more. I think I'm stronger than I maybe give myself credit for. Yeah, so. I totally relate to mm. that. And yeah, how it reflects in other situations, like in, say, um, interpersonal relationships or any mm -hmm. kind of conflicts or mm -hmm. uh, any kind of problems or challenges mm. in business or wherever, wherever, yeah. wherever. Um, I notice now, but also because I have such a desire to grow through things that I see don't work, you know, behaviors or mm -hmm. different patterns in myself. I really want <laughs> to learn mm -hmm. how to be, you know, better and more conscious. But I do notice that um, things that would have felt kind of insurmountable in the past in all sorts of different parts of my life, I now can be like, okay, <sighs> you maybe have a little freak out and then be like, okay, right. How do I want to deal with this? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, I can, I can, you know, I can do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yeah, similar mm -hmm. with the inner navigating of the inner anxieties. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, this is a little bit from my own, what I'm creating with Amanda Soul as well, right? There's a lot of, and more and more symbolism around mental health because it's my own personal journey in terms of my history, but then also in the directions I'm going with my own studies around psychology. Um, so you've hinted in your, in, your, um, in your posts and then also just now with the anxiety that your own ups and downs with mental health. And um, is there anything around that? that you feel comfortable sharing and also just in the light of mental health issues being on the rise we're in 2021 it's been a crazy year for a lot of people and um i just personally feel that we need to speak about it more and more because that whole thing of like i thought i was the only one um is starting to crack um so just anything that Maybe you feel called or open to sharing around mental health is a very broad topic, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mental health has always been a, a big thing for me mm -hmm. since I was really, really young. As a really sensitive child, and that's kind of general, you know, to say that it's not very specific, but um, 
I, I had a hard time sleeping since I was young. Mm-hmm. Like one of my first memories is being in the crib and, and having these like t- terrors mm-hmm. and I was very, very young and that continues in my childhood. And then, um, basically kind of close to home to me because I'm, I'm adopted mm-hmm. and I grew up in a super, super stable environment. My family is amazing. Mm-hmm. Epic, epic humans. Mm-hmm. And they've taught me so many incredible things. And, um, but when I was young, I didn't feel stable. Mm-hmm. So I felt like the one thing that was just not right in the equation. And I found out later when I was 16. So my kind of like my great, great, great inst- instabilities started when I was 13 when my friend committed suicide, I went into this state. <laughs> and then um, they increased and intensified and intensified. And um, then when I was 16, I my parents gave me this, this paper from the hospital that um, was just kind of like a standard document that had like a bit of a profile on my birth mother and, mm. and her parents and her brother mm. and so on. And I was so excited to read it because I was so curious about my birth mother. Um, and I always, you know, could feel her even though I never met her. And, and then I, so I sat down to read it and I, it was super exciting reading the first couple sentences because it kind of said like, it explained what she looked like and then it explained the kinds of things she liked. Like she was very creative. She, made crafts and sold them at the market. I was like, oh, I do that too. <laughs> and then, so I felt kind of like, oh, wow. And then it got to a part where it said, then she got pregnant and developed paranoid schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. And when I read that line, something in my mind just popped because I was like, oh, okay, I am, there is something wrong. I'm, there's something really wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And it affirmed this belief that I had already kind of established that there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And so that became a whole another huge kind of journey that I went on, which was believing that I had a mental illness, probably schizophrenia, mm-hmm. and almost to the po- point of really kind of like potentially creating or intensifying mm-hmm. what was going on. Um, and this journey... I think was a really important one because, because through it, what I realized is that our mental illnesses become or imbalances um, or instabilities, anything that's kind of in that realm, it become amplified within and without when the moment that we think something's wrong with us, when we think something is wrong with me, it's like, like stirring more of that into the pot. And, and especially when usually when we think something's wrong with us, we don't want to kind of, we want to keep it to ourselves. So something's wrong with me. Okay. Okay. I, I can't let anybody know this or (laughs) got to keep it inside and just pretend everything's okay. And basically become like a pressure cooker inside. And that pressure inside then conducts more or generates more of whatever it is that you're generating, whether it's like a, kind of like a, a fear-based mm-hmm. in that well it's usually often a fear-based coming from some seed of fear and fear just produces more fear which produces more fear which produces more fear which then increases these imbalances and then the behaviors that come from that which we externalize mm-hmm. and internalize so it just becomes this kind of cesspool and what I realized 
one moment, probably was more than one moment, but I was like, ah, okay, like the misunderstanding of mental illness. It's actually mm-hmm. a big misunderstanding. And then if we talk about, okay, industry, well, industry is making a lot of money off of this misunderstanding. So how convenient, how convenient, you know? So it, in a sense, quite a complex thing because we're talking about now um, industries that are profiting off of people's mm-hmm. imbalances, therefore wanting to also for more of them to be generated. And then people feeling really in a sense that, okay, in one way um, it's being normalized. Mm-hmm. And I think in a way for it to be, for people to know it's okay, that's important for it, for it to be normalized because of the drug industry, because of this pharmaceutical industry so that the other industries that they're connected to and the government and, you know, everything that's, that's woven into that financial pool yeah. can benefit from that, from yeah. basically like the weakening of humanity. Totally. Um, and I, f- I feel also it, it, it goes beyond that. Yes, there's the, um, you know, the, the, it's such a blurry line to like, when are we diagnosed as something? And, um, but in general, there's, there's, a variety of industries that can benefit just from us having a slight level of unhappiness, a slight or severe level of insecurities. I mean, it's across the board. So then if that is amplified, we both know it's super, super complex. Um, Society is built on the amplification of insecurities. That's basically what it is. Amplification of insecurities within that cause one's behavior to to want to consume something, mm-hmm. whether that's yeah. whatever clothing, yeah. uh, consume it. I yeah. always eat my clothing when I'm really anxious, <laughs> <laughs> um, which feels also really powerful with um, all the restrictions that humanity is experiencing right now, and, and not having those outlets. And I think some of those um, systems are are crumbling at the moment. You know, where people are are asking deeper questions and. It's fascinating that we both in some way or another are, um, you know, in these industries. And mm-hmm. um, and I know for myself, like, it's been a deliberate choice over and over and not an easy one to be like, I will continue to be in this industry because I want to I want to make change from within. And having been a w- victim of it, like, I so familiar to me of like there's something wrong with me and what that did to me the spirals of like I need to hide it because if somebody finds out I'm unlovable but now there's more that I'm hiding so that means I'm more unlovable and exactly that vicious cycle that you described Mm -hmm. and I'd love to pivot in a second um, into these creations that Mm -hmm. we're putting out in the world but there's something that you said um, right in the beginning when I asked you about mental health and you're like I've been a sensitive child and I'm just like Yes, yes, I have chills again. Like when you told me about your your mom, like I had chills everywhere. And um, that's my my somatic language of same thing, just feeling so much and having struggled for so many years in the world, what to do with that because it hasn't been encouraged. Like a lot of how this world is built, it's not particularly safe for sensitive souls that pick up on everything and that's um so i just want to honor that of like what you said like i've I've always been sensitive and and what a precious gift that is you know but um sitting in your beautiful garden here and your little in your little sacred world um you know we i feel that as sensitive souls we have to find a way of how to navigate and that might that might be in our own little ways um 
you know, for me, it's a lot of being in nature and um, having very chosen loved ones that are okay with me being extremely sensitive, not able to watch Harry Potter kind of thing. Um, so, um, just before we pick... Is Harry Potter, is it, is it violent? No, but oh. I just get scared. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay, I'm, I wonder if I get scared. I just watched Pan's Labyrinth. Um, my boyfriend was like... Yeah, pet, let's watch Pan's Labyrinth. It's like a, like kind of like a fairy tale. I was like, oh, okay, good. And the whole time, and this is like one of the first movies we ever watched together. The whole time, my whole body was tense. My shoulders were like up at my ears and I was dripping with sweat. <laughs> I do the thing, you know, the like five year old thing of like had to looking yeah. away, being like, what's happening yeah. now? What's happening now? I had to do that like for the whole movie. That movie was like terrifying. So bloody. Well, wow. Yeah. Yep. But I totally I, can relate. Yeah, I think this, the, the statement of, you know, I'm sensitive is such a interesting one also, because I know it's one that I kind of have said in a way as though I'm at a, some kind of disadvantage or, mm-hmm. or something like this. Um, but the more I kind of reflect, I think that we all are sensitive, you know, and it's just, oh, yeah. we all have different ways of, of kind of, uh, navigating it or expressing it or different mm-hmm. ways that that sensitivity grows into power mm-hmm. into us understanding our power i think mm-hmm. that that's what the purpose of of sensitivities or challenges mm-hmm. of any kind yeah are it's like i think of it like this it's like um what are those like what do you call them the exercise courses that have like the like in the imagine in the oh, forest like- has like the oh, wheels, the what's it called? Parkour or something like that? Like where you have to like do different challenges. Yeah. Like jump over You things run through the whole course, yeah. you know, and it makes you, makes you stronger. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> the word, <laughs> but I know what you mean. I don't know why that came <laughs> into my head, but I kind of feel like our, our lives are kind of programmed or like seated in advance with mm-hmm. these different already pre-recorded mm-hmm. um, or pre-planned mm-hmm. challenges that yeah. are, are our, training in a way mm-hmm. and that um maybe at some point in our life we can look back and be like oh wow okay because that made me into this kind of a woman mm-hmm. this kind of a human mm-hmm. um and I think learning how to navigate I know for me anyway navigating the different challenges I had with mm-hmm. um anxiety and and being to generalize again sensitive mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for them because They've created such an inner inner strength, and I deep down, I, I feel very cor- courageous mm-hmm. because I've seen so much darkness in my own experience, like in my own mind. I've seen, you know, gone to places where it's like, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> like which if you know, like coming out the other end, or even just peeking out the other end every once in a while, yeah, um, makes you understand much more of what what others are going through like there's a level of compassion and empathy and like oh yeah I get it yeah yeah and in so many ways also um I've taken into consideration this the the privilege of my life as well like Mm -hmm. I'm so privileged Mm -hmm. you know and there's there's so much so much going on in the world and so many people who don't have access to you know like a a quarter of the things that I have um the opportunity to mm-hmm. access. So um, that's also another thing that I keep in the forefront of my mm-hmm. mind to remind myself to like balance my perception 
mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes you know can, yeah. can get lost in yeah. my own world of sensitivity or whatever I want to call yeah. it yeah feeling into like you definitely mentioned yoga and I could imagine that's one of them what are what are some of the um what will be some pillars that are like your that give you the sense of joy the sense of um strength in the light of the mental health conversation uh eating healthy mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. balances my mind um obviously sleep mm-hmm. but i'm pretty good at going with like not that much sleep <laughs> but i'm <laughs> it, d- it does take a toll uh but i can operate <laughs> um yeah movement practice little yoga mm-hmm. especially for balancing mm-hmm. and um dancing and scrubbing myself with salts mm-hmm. and saunas and mm-hmm. and doing good <laughs> mm-hmm. doing good like yeah doing good and doing my best to stay in balance but knowing that also when I fall off the wagon you know mm-hmm. and I fall out of balance and I I feel like I'm just swimming in all my faults or whatever but that's part of the course part of the training also yeah. to do my best to not beat myself up too much and you know move move forward and learn my lessons and just keep keep going keep mm-hmm. going and yeah mm. I mean there's so many different things mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. to yeah the, to like generate to connect to myself to generate joy yeah but I think one of the things I'm learning this year is like it's okay too when I can't generate it so easily right you know when I'm like so oh having your tools of like the, the go-tos <laughs> maybe they're all there but I'm just yeah. in a, you know a bit of a rut or right. something or I'm going through a period of imbalance yeah of like or what I call imbalance yeah. you know I'm feeling like I'm not connected to where I sh- you know all the things I should be doing right now mm-hmm. should be like dancing or whatever mm-hmm. but that yeah. that's also okay and I think recently this year that was partly my lesson mm-hmm. that um when things aren't perfect that when because it's it's not it's not always that we in my experience i can just stay in that state of feeling perfectly balanced yeah. to be honest no it's like a, not all the time there's somebody out there like, <laughs> <laughs> them. yeah like at all times yeah hello tell me a secret yeah <laughs> and even i know all the things i need to do yeah i know how to keep myself in balance yeah. you know but still there's periods where I don't yeah and but there's a reason for that like yeah. there's lessons like something needs to be seen yeah maybe there's something I haven't actually um integrated or accepted that was this year mm-hmm. I actually hadn't integrated a part of myself accepted mm. like a part that I had deemed imperfect or wrong mm-hmm. so then that part came up this year mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like oh hi mm. I thought I got rid of you <laughs> <laughs> so it was like a couple months of feeling really out of balance and like why can't I get myself back in balance but it is a matter of like okay I need to see what what is here and work with it not against it and then Mm -hmm. then again then my lifestyle and everything became (laughs) more into the the place where it feels a little sweeter right and Mm. yeah so I think I know you're asking for the pillars of what has helped But I think recently what has helped is to actually accept, mm-hmm. accept not only the things that really help me to stay mm-hmm. balanced, but when the imbalance comes, 
to look at it as, okay, what's here for me to, to mm-hmm. learn, to move through it. And that is actually a pillar. Of- right. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's an incredibly courageous one. And it, it reminds me of when you described like your curiosity of what your yoga practice has become, right? Of just being like, oh, what's there? And being willing to explore because when those stretches come, it can be really scary. And when we feel that they could knock us out, that's when the adaptations of numbing or, you know, jump in. So that's incredibly courageous to be like, okay, I'm out of balance and I'm going to swim, dance, roll, crawl (laughs) through it. (laughs) Thank you. Um, so I've hinted a few times, but I'd, I'd love to to speak more about Isabel Moon, that aspect of your creation. Um, and just to start with broadly, what, what is Isabel Moon to you? Well, um, I started sewing when I was, I was 12 or 13, I can't remember uh, the exact age, but my mom had a sewing machine I was like, Mom, I want to sew. So she started to teach me. And um, then I just became obsessed with it and um, would go to the thrift shop and buy all this like old vintage fabric and get old patterns. I love the old patterns, like with the bell bottoms and the empire waist mm-hmm. dresses. And um, yeah, I just started making my own clothes. I, was, I spent a whole summer in my mom's basement, like every single day the whole day sewing and I made this line of um, like Japanese inspired smoking jackets. <laughs> They're kind of like, kind of like kimonos, but like mm. satin lining. And oh. I was using this kind of like thin wool on the outside and they had these big pockets. Anyway, they were pretty cool. <laughs> and bell bottoms and, and empire waist dresses and mm. bikinis. I, I just love to make things. And I made this little line of clothing. I would sell things to my friends and, or just, you know, give them away. And I sold them in the shop in the city. And, but I always looked at the fashion industry. Like my question growing up was like, okay, well, what am I, I feel like I really I want to create something beautiful in this world. What is it? What is it? What is it? And then I would think, okay, is it clothing? Like, do I want to go to fashion school? And then my mind would just kind of like open up into the contemplation of the fashion industry. And mm-hmm. I was like, I just saw such a level of superficiality that creates mm-hmm. the potential and did create in me like a kind of a bad self-image. Yeah. Thinking, again, something's wrong with me. I'm not good enough or whatever. And and then I also saw like, does the world really need more clothes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I know a lot of people don't even have clothes, mm-hmm. but then there's this surplus of clothes. Like, you know, I just saw um, this that society was all about consumerism and I didn't really want to add to that. So yeah, there's a whole plethora of things that popped into my mind back then. So I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to sew for fun, mm-hmm. make my own clothes. So I had all of these designs that um, I continued to sew like in my twenties and thirties, I always had a sewing machine and I would make my own yoga things. And I had all these designs um, that I carried with me. Um, because I knew at one moment I'd love to get them made. So I came to Bali about six mm-hmm. years ago. Um, and Ilu introduced me to a tailor. I remember I opened a journal yesterday 
where even before I came to Bali, I had it written down. I was like, oh, maybe I'll make some clothes. Wow. I just read it yesterday. It was written. Yeah. In wow. And then, um, yeah, I met the tailor. And then I had named it this other name, the clothing line. And, but then I, I, I was like, I don't like that name. So I asked the universe. I was like, okay, what's the name? And I remember I waited, you know, I waited, I waited, no name was coming. And then one night in the middle of the night, I was sleeping and my eyes were still closed, but I woke up to a, like a massive light that was shining into my eyes, but my eyes were closed. And I was like, whoa, is it daytime already? Because I thought, wow, that was like a really short sleep. And then I opened my eyes and the moon was massive and like right in front of my window and staring right at me, like piercing me. I remember feeling like it was piercing me. It was such a, a, a cool feeling. Like I had, there's this like sharp lines coming from the moon into my brain. So I sat up and I just looked at the moon. I was like, wow, this is amazing, the moon. So I decided to do a writing exercise. And so I opened my book to a random page, this writing exercise book. And it was like the name game where it says, um, my name yesterday was, or my real name is, my name yesterday was, tomorrow name, my name will be. And then there were like two more questions, but I can't remember what they were. And you have to write down the first name that comes to your mind. So I remember <laughs> it says, it's okay, my real name is, and I wrote down the first name that came. <laughs> and then my name yesterday was, and it actually was Megan. And then um, tomorrow my name will be, and I remember hearing Isabel Moon. And I was like, no, that's dumb. I'm not writing that down. And I heard it again. And I was like, no, no, no. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I have to write down whatever comes to my mind. I was like, okay, fine, I'll write it down. And then I closed the book and went back to sleep. And in the morning, it suddenly occurred to me. I was like, whoa, that name, where'd that come from? And then I realized when you break it down, it says, is a bell moon, like it's a beautiful moon. That was so beautiful and also with this with this name i just felt like a ethereal presence mm-hmm. for me isabel moon is, is actually actually a being mm-hmm. and maybe it really is me i <laughs> know my name tomorrow will be but um or maybe it's who i aspire to be like or or something like this but she's a she's an, ins- an inspiring being mm-hmm. that um is whimsical and playful and sensual and creates beauty and connected to nature mm-hmm. and in harmony with nature and um, her essence is so beautiful and mm-hmm. so that's what Isabel Moon is to me mm-hmm. and it's reflecting that essence in, in every human but specifically also because the clothing lines for women specifically for women that essence of a woman you know is nothing mm-hmm. there's nothing like that yeah. and her connection to nature her intrinsic connection to nature and to the universe mm-hmm. through the channel of her, the intelligence of her body and the way she moves, you know, and I love women. I, I really honor and respect the powers that um, women, the power that they are really and the beauty they create and the love and the nurturing and also the fire and like the wildness and women can also be fierce and, so powerful so strong so ultimately that's what that's what my clothing line where it come came from 
And what it's about is that when we feel good in what we're wearing and when our bodies, like literally our skin, can breathe, mm-hmm. we feel better and we then can express more. Yeah. And um, I love getting dressed for that reason. You know, I want to wear things where I feel like, oh, I, I feel like myself, you know? Mm-hmm. I love the way that really well mm-hmm. designed and um, and soft fabrics feel mm-hmm. and to know that they're natural and they're not they're they're going to biodegrade they're going yeah. to fall apart yeah. they're not going to stick around yeah. and the earth can chew them up yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i love that about your work um there's something it's a really powerful combination like you no know, when i put them on like i i find myself standing taller and there's there's that softness and the comfort i'm like how can that be combined <laughs> but it's 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 quite magical <laughs> For a long time, because I before I made my own pants, yoga pants, I hated pants because <laughs> they you put I would put on like the the ones that have like a, more of the plastic materials yeah. in them, and I would wear them. But then I would get this thing it's where like, like almost like a panic. Yeah, I'm like oh, oh, I have to take my pants off, <laughs> and that right after teaching or whatever, I would have to rip my pants off. Sometimes in the room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sounds familiar. <laughs> Um, it's so powerful and inspiring to hear someone who has creative ideas and goes for them and um, that can be really intimidating for people so for anybody who's out there right now and who has kind of um, a creative dream a vision what would you tell them I'd say take time simmering like cooking baking yourself in the vision like daydreaming a lot of it is about daydreaming, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, in moments, riding the bus or, um, I don't know, whatever your day-to-day, um, however it unfolds, mm-hmm. taking time to let your mind wander and expand and daydream without limits. Mm-hmm. Don't limit it. So that, first of all, because that conducts an inspiring feeling inside, like a self-generating, self-generated inspiration comes can come through, through daydreaming, mm-hmm. literally. That we can up, we can uplift ourselves. We can like um, raise our vibration. So that is one of the one of the key things. Trust your urges. So we have urges. Mm. I, I think we're like, I, f- I feel like we're again like coated, you know, like a seed. Um, and and we have these like intrinsic urges, and sometimes we can be learn that you know we shouldn't follow those or. You know, what's the point? What's it going to do? Is it going to really take me anywhere? Or am I good enough? I'll never be a master or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, but to, to reposition our perspective and perception so that it doesn't have to be about becoming a master at anything. Mm-hmm. But following our urges can take us places that we can't predict and unfold things for us that are like mind blowing and magical and, um, I think that they ultimately take us to the places where we really want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so to follow those urges. And then the other thing is like, let, let fear be there. Yeah. And the minute we try to push it away, it has more power. Mm-hmm. So if we let it be there and we feel it, so see if you can get used to feeling fear. Mm-hmm. And then taking the little baby steps anyway. And I love that that's really like the definition of courage because courage doesn't mean there's no fear. It means there is fear. Yeah. But you're courageous and yeah. you take little baby steps. Yeah. 
articulate your baby steps for yourself. Like mm-hmm. write down the bigger vision, like the big thing that you're daydreaming about, write all the beautiful details and then, and then write all the challenges and then write the baby steps that you can extract from those two steps, mm-hmm. the, from the challenges and from the vision and articulate like a, you know, it's like you're creating a ladder or like a stairway with every single baby step. So just write down all the baby steps, write down the ones that you know you can do, write down the ones that maybe you don't have the opportunity or the resources to do, but keep keep them all there. Mm-hmm. And this is like, you map it out. Another thing is like insecurities. And I mean, that's the, it's similar. It's the same thing as, as fear, but again, become more familiar with them, mm-hmm. like journal, um, get to know them, make friends with them, understand where they have come from. When was the first time he felt that? Where did, you know, where was it seated, that insecurity? Mm-hmm. Is it mm-hmm. true? As the, the, the Byron Katie um, yeah. exercise of, is it true? Yeah. Asking all these aspects inside, like, yeah. is it true? Is it actually true? <laughs> <laughs> when I ask myself like that, it gets, it's funnier. Yeah. Is it true? Come on, guys. <laughs> is that really true, though? And then if, if I ask like that, usually they're like, yeah. okay, no, not really. Mine are a little stubborn. For like Sometimes they're like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I keep asking yeah. like, okay, fine. <laughs> you're right. Fine, you're right. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes also asking like, what, why are they there? Like, what are, what's their job? What they, have they been doing so far? Have they been trying to keep you safe? And yeah. um like once we inquire into them, then it, it, there's more spaciousness to keep dreaming up. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Um, we had a couple questions from the community come through, so I'll just ask those. Um, so one is very um, straightforward. Do you teach yoga in a studio or online on Zoom? And where can I sign up? By Bobby. Bobby. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I teach yoga online I have an online studio that I just launched in March I, I, I don't even know what month it is right now <laughs> um, but it's just launched and so there there's um, a growing library of content and live mm. cla- I teach live classes tw- uh, twice a month and a live Q&A once a month and there's always new classes being posted there so um, online that's where you can yeah. practice and we'll pop the link underneath this episode um then the next question is from shreya what is your advice to stay true to yourself when you look at someone you admire and actually want to be like where should you draw the line between changing yourself and accepting who you are um there's the saying uh um i'm forgetting the the actual saying right now but basically um we become what we admire. Mm. So, so sometimes I think that there can be an idea that um, it's kind of it's kind of uh, like like she's saying here, like where do I draw the line? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe by just realizing that you really admire things and mm-hmm. going into more what what does what does admiration mean? To you like how does how does it feel to admire something rather than want to become mm-hmm. something or think you should become something i think that there's um when we see someone that we're inspired by our inner diet inner narratives of of feeling like we're not good enough can arise so one can be to look at those 
inner narratives and journal them and to see, okay, it, are there any inner narratives that, that I'm comparing myself as though I'm not as good or whatever? Um, second to what, what are the, what are the things you really like admire, but the admiration is just like when you're looking at something like a flower, you know, we don't really compare ourselves to flowers. We're like, mm-hmm. wow, look at that flower. It's so beautiful. <laughs> the color and the whatever. Da, da, da. But we're not like, oh my God, look at that flower. I'll never look, I'll never be like that flower. Or, mm-hmm. oh my God, I, I need to try to be like that flower or whatever. We're like, oh, it's a flower. It's different. I'm not a flower. I'm a human. And so I think admiration has more of those qualities of kind of like the realism around you're not going to be a flower. <laughs> They're really beautiful. And actually, the more I admire them, actually, the more I do feel like I, I can feel their essence in a way. Essence, yeah. And, um, I really do believe that we become what we admire. You know, mm-hmm. we take on the qualities that the, or, or the, but not take them on in a way where we're changing ourselves mm-hmm. away from who we are, but yeah. rather it's just like everything that we admire. We, we we learn from the essence I would mm-hmm. say, of everything we admire. Mm-hmm. It also makes me think of the urges that you just spoke to, because um, I feel that whoever we admire, like there's there's a bit of a seed, a bit of a an urge in us already. Like there's some people that do nothing to us, and other people admire them, and then there's some that are that almost they embody our dreams. It's like yeah, almost like the um, like way pointers. Mm. Thank you. And the last one is from Yoga Tribe Official. <laughs> They're asking, were you always so flexible or did you grow into it? I was always pretty flexible. Mm. Yeah. But not stable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, more watery. Yeah. You know, and um, like going too deep into things and right. not and not staying aligned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so... I had to learn how to engage and how to align my body mm-hmm. so as not to like overstretch mm-hmm. um, and throw things out of balance. Mm-hmm. My skeleton and my, uh, all the ligaments and right. <laughs> all those ligaments <laughs> in there. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. overstretching a lot. So yeah. at one moment I felt like my hips were just going to fall off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> overdoing it i was even flexible too but your your strength like whenever i i see you do the you know the handstand with the flipping over i'm just like how in the world is that even possible i learned that though in gymnastics like right you know i think that's the first time i did a a walkover right yeah that's what you call that yeah that's 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 from my childhood now i do it with breath though and it's and and i do it now without compressing you know so i do Mm -hmm. it healthy in a healthy way in gymnastics i just did it yeah. <laughs> but all right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. so much love. Yeah.